0: Well,
1: welcome to Sustainable Success. It's been a wonderful week, and hope everyone is having a great week in their businesses the prosperous, sustainable way. Uh, today we're going to have a great show. But before we begin, those that are new to Sustainable Success, again, uh, not only can you find us here at the Voice America Influencers Channel, but also on Facebook at Sustainable Success Twenty Seventeen. That's Sustainable Success 2017. Come by and follow us there. Uh, That way you can check out many of the great guests that we've had on that share their words of wisdom to help you scale your business as well as your personal life. And again, uh, feel free to make comments and join in with the conversations that take place there. Today's show is being brought to you by Empowered Fathers in Action, a 501c3 organization dedicated to strengthening the father-son bonding process, but also helping to create interdependent, uh relationships in the fam- with the family structure, and these guys are doing great things. So check them out at efamovement.org. That's efamovement.org. And again, they're uh, doing some wonderful things and helping families to overcome limited beliefs so that they can create higher levels of self-confidence not only with themselves but also with their children to become our future leaders in our homes, communities, and business. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about uh, uh, resilience, and the topic today is called 60-second resilience. And, you you know, resilience is the ability to bounce back quickly from a challenge, setback, or trauma. The key here is quickly. Most of the time when a challenge shows up in our life, we're going to be able to move through it and return to a state of balance, return to a state of being grounded, return to a state of being centered, However, if you develop a skill through the process that enables you to do it quicker and more efficient, you will have tremendous impact on your ability to lead. And we're going to be learning that today in what we call the 60-second resilience. And our guest today is Mike Lee. And before I introduce him, I'll give you a background about Mike. And Mike is doing some wonderful things. We met on LinkedIn. Uh, Mike is building an international brand from from his college apartment. He understands the challenges that leaders face. As the author of Untrain, that's U-N forward slash train, and founder of Mindship Labs, he teaches individuals, teams, and brands how to optimize their minds for influential leadership, peak performance, and massive resilience. Working with basketball players all the way up to the NBA, Mike knows what it takes to perform at the highest level. Like so many other concepts, there is a huge crossover from what applies in the sports world to leadership, organizational performance, and personal growth. Not a headline reader or from the academic world, Mike is a practitioner in dealing with uncertainty, rapid change of pace, and balancing the constant need for more. Drawing on his latest research from neuroscience, sports, and personal experience, he shared stories and practical exercises across the United States, Indonesia, and Spain to bring the Strategies of Mindfulness and Emotional Intelligence to Life. I cannot wait to be part of this show with Mike. EQ and mind, mindfulness is all what I'm about. Without further ado, we bring Mike Lee introduced to the show. Mike, how are you doing today?
2: Doing great. Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. It's a pleasure to have you here. And so, Mike, you know, when we when we look at resilience, you know, this is something that obviously is some you see a lot of stories out there people bouncing back from tragedies and setbacks and certain challenges and many times you know people do it at different time frames and but you have something in place where you know we can you know you could do it quicker and obviously people live in a world where they want things done fast and and quick turnarounds so when we talk about you know to sixty second resilience before we get into that let's first talk about what yeah. resilience really is what is resilience to you
2: it's being able to you know kind of like you talked about the intro but being able to to bounce back from things that show up in our lives and obviously we all deal with different things to a varying degree this this is uh, some we're dealing with constant distractions throughout our days we're constantly being knocked out of balance, we're constantly being pulled out of the present moment. And in order to do the work that, that we need to do in order to, to shape our careers, our worlds, our businesses, everything is about putting our attention and our energy into the present moment. And when we can create more resilience and the skills that go into to developing it, uh, it's able it enables us to do the work and make the impact that we want to make in the world.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you, you talked about, you know, the, the being present and I'm definitely want to spend some time there because that's really an important aspect, because many times people, for the most part, don't operate their lives and in, in the, in do business in the moment. That's always they don't even realize they're in the past and the future simultaneously, you know, definitely at the subconscious level. So talk about, you know, when you talk about being present, what, you know, what is that people, you know, they say, yeah, I understand that's that when you're meditating, blah, blah, but really what's being present, you know, what's that, what's that concept of being present and, and how does it play a part in this with resilience?
2: That's a great question. To me, presence is being able to place all of your attention and all of your energy into the moment, whatever that is, whether that's. The speech that you're giving, the pitch that you're giving, the conversation that you're having, the email that you're writing, the phone call that you're on, whatever it is, placing your attention, placing your energy into the present moment so that you can maximize that moment in time. Mm, That's so true. I mean, I think it's so important. And,
1: you know, and being present isn't usually an easy thing to do. At least most people would probably if they were hearing that. Would not be an easy thing to do. Why do you think you know? For the most part, it's not. It's not an easy thing for people to be present.
2: That's a that's a multi layered answer, I guess. Going a couple things. Number one, we are operating in a world of constant distraction, and our brains have not evolved with the pace of society, the pace of technology. Mm, We're operating yes. in a twenty twenty world with a a brain that's two million years old. And our brain was not designed to make us happy, to make us successful, to have us uh, live in beautiful relationships. Our brain was designed to make us survive. So subconsciously throughout the day, a lot of us are constantly searching our environment for threats. And now we don't have to worry about a lion jumping out of the woods and attacking us We're trying to pick a berry off a tree. We're, our brain is searching our environment for psychological threats, for threats to our, our well-being, not necessarily our, our physical safety. So our brain has not evolved to the level that our society has evolved. And that's why I believe that, that these skills are so important because at the end of the day, like we have, we have all the resources in the world to develop the technical skills to be successful at pretty much anything that you want to be successful at. And it's these self-awareness skills and the emotional intelligence skills that are going to be able to help bring us back into, into that present moment. And I think that, you know, that's, that's the first thing. The second thing is the, uh, We, I was just reading a, I'm actually in the middle of reading a book right now on trauma and 75% of, uh, 75% of Americans based on the studies in this, in the, the research that was done go through some sort of trauma in their lifetime. Now, all that does is reinforces that 2 million or two million year old brain that is constantly searching our, our environment for threats. Obviously people deal with trauma at varying degrees. Just because you go through trauma doesn't mean that you uh, are going to develop forms of PTSD, but they can show up in different if different ways in your life, whether that's from relationships or anxiety or depression uh, that that we are experiencing at an rapidly increasing level in our society. So I think it's You're, the combina- yeah. combination of those two things. It's, it's our 2 million year old brain, the rapid change of pace in our society, the, the, uh, the constant change that we're dealing with in every, every single day. And the fact that in some way, shape or form, a majority of a majority of us are dealing with some sort of trauma that we've experienced in our life. And that's, can be simply something that doesn't allow us, and this goes back to resiliency, doesn't allow us to return back to our normal state in a in an efficient time, in an efficient manner. It's something where we kind of get stuck in the past, stuck in the trauma.
1: Yeah, no, you made an interesting point, and I I agree with you. I mean, especially when you talk about the two million you know year old brain and. You know, it's, you know, that we're always searching for ways to, you know, survive and deal with threats. And that is so true. When when you, when you we talk about, like, you know, people getting caught up in the past and the future, and before we get into what the 60-second resilience is, I think, you know, would you think yeah. that, like, limited beliefs, again, this could be something that could be, you know, based back to some tr- traumatic thing in the past. Maybe it could be in childhood. It doesn't necessarily have to be trauma in itself, but it could be just something— for some reason that led to a feeling of maybe a lack of self-confidence or self-esteem, uh, whatever the case may be, it could be something that happened in the home. And these four, these forge these limited beliefs that play out each and every day that come from the past, but then get projected into the future that raise that level of anxiety that may prevent people from taking action that leads to procrastination and all those different types of things where people don't follow through. Talk a little bit about yes. that. Talk about limited beliefs, you know, here, you know, when people are not present. Because that's where, obviously, limited beliefs thrive. They thrive in
2: the past and the future. No question. I mean, there's there's so many different things I could go into with that. But one thing that, to make it super practical for people is, you know, everybody, in, everybody that's listening to the show has probably heard the uh, the process as to how our, our thoughts manifest into the reality of our lives. You know, our thoughts influence how we feel, our feelings influence our habits our, our actions and our actions repeated consistently over time, turn into our habits. And those are what determine the type of business we build, the type of leader we become, the type of parent that we are. But what we have to be aware of is what is, I call them our five inputs. I don't know where I got this from. I think I got it from Jim Rohn actually, uh, but I don't know. So well, that's a great know, somebody source. Somebody wants to <laughs> call me out on that. Yeah, I know. Right. But the, the five inputs are every single day we're experiencing these in some way, shape or form. We're, we are getting inputs from what we read, what we watch, what we listen to, the environment that we're in and the people that we surround ourselves with. And those five things are what significantly influence what we think which influences how we feel, which influences our actions and our habits, and and ultimately the reality that we experience, which is known as our lives. So being aware of what you are allowing to feed your mind, to influence your mind on a moment-to-moment basis is crucial for uh, not allowing some of these negative thinking patterns to develop deep grooves over time And eventually become subconscious because that's where a lot of people struggle with it is they're they're battling beliefs that are subconscious that they're not even aware of. They're showing up as as actions or habits or patterns that are subconsciously running their lives.
1: Yeah, that's true. It it plays out. I, you know, I, I this is an area that I also play in as you do. And it, it it's it's something that people, like you said, don't realize it, the impact that it has on your behaviors and how you approach things, how you communicate. It's so, so true. So talk a little bit about like, you know, when we're able to be present, you know, and we learn, and we can talk about a little bit about those concepts if, you know, and how this applies to your 60, 60 second resilience program. And, you know, and then, you know, and talk about how that really could help us, shift out of those limited beliefs towards, you know, a limitless belief format?
2: Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing is like you, you have to, in order to create the changes, you have to create the awareness. If we, if they don't have the awareness of the subconscious patterns that are running their lives or these limiting beliefs that are running their lives, you're not going to be able to create the change. You're not going to be able to, and without the changes, you're not going to be able to improve. So the biggest thing with the, when you are, when you become more present, you become more aware. When you become more present, you're more aware of your thoughts. You're more aware of your feelings. You're more aware of your actions. And then the second layer of that is figuring out, and this is where the emotional intelligence piece comes in, is figuring out what is influencing your thoughts, what is influencing your feelings, what is influencing the actions that you're taking on a daily basis. And so the, the mindfulness piece of the, or the, the presence piece really comes down to creating that awareness first, that first layer of awareness so that, that you can create the changes.
1: Yeah, that's so true. And, and I think what you said, like when you talk about awareness, you know, in, and obviously that gives us, you know, we're able to see what could be working against us or not serving us. Would you feel that right. when we're aware that we're more likely now to be more decisive on certain, you know, certain areas that we could address to solve the problem or make those changes. Would that be safe to say?
2: Yeah, I think it. For sure, it also depends on if you know what you actually want. Are you, you know, uh, are you able to align those limiting thoughts with, or basically dealign those limiting thoughts with? That's something that, that you actually want to go after, you want to achieve, you want to manifest. So I think, you know, yeah, no question can, does creating the awareness for some people in some different patterns that they have dissolve that pattern? No question about it. But some are so deeply ingrained that we have to really be aware of them because they didn't get ingrained. Maybe they did, but a lot of them didn't ing- didn't get ingrained from one event. They got, uh, you know, they, they were, the patterns were built over time through numerous yeah. events, which eventually got planted into or imprinted into our subconscious. So one exercise that I like to do, which I did for the first time about five years ago, it's probably one of the most powerful exercises I ever did. Uh, if I had the, if I had the, notebook, I would share it with you, but it was basically a limiting beliefs exercise and you set a timer and you just free write for five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it is, any limiting beliefs that would come to your mind. And the things that came out onto that piece of paper just blew my mind. It was unbelievable. They were all things that I subconsciously was aware of when they were put in paper right in front of me but they were influencing so many different things in my life. And I took this, I took this piece of paper, this sheet of paper, is actually a couple of sheets of paper, um, and, I, and I ended up burning it. And watching mm. the thoughts that you had written out on paper literally go up in flames was one of the most powerful experiences in my life. Wow. And that's a super simple exercise that, that anybody can do in five, ten minutes to just release yourself from the past and to I, I, be able to yeah. put you back into the present moment I think that's a great
1: thing. I mean, just make sure you do it outside, right uh, but it it's <laughs> so true in in uh, letting that go because that that's something that's very difficult. We got less than a minute before our break, but it's so true to let those go is not an easy thing, but I think that is a great exercise if you know for the listeners that are listening here and that will be listening on demand, that this is a great way to kind of see this, that you're you know, you're burning these thoughts, you know, on paper, these limited beliefs, and just letting them go completely. You don't have to be you don't have to own them anymore and you don't have to be owned by them. So uh, Mike, we got about 30 seconds to the break. Just I want to quickly summarize again, just again, the importance of, of being present and then how this is going to segue in when we talk about the 60 Second Resilience Program. Yeah,
2: I mean, like I said before, the, the, your presence is, being able to be present is where you're able to place all that attention, all that energy into the moment and, and also be living and operating at that higher level of awareness, which is the first step to 60 second resilience, which we can get into after the break here. Yes,
1: that's great. Again, you're listening to Mike Lee. Uh, Again, this is he's an expert in the area of resilience. We're talking about 60 second resilience, which we're going to find out what that actually is and how it can benefit you in your business and personal life. We'll be right back after the break.
0: join us at the next level visit Christophersalem.com. what is balance it's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects surrounding yourself with family and loved ones nurturing your spirituality maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness and being present in the moment Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people in businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to christophersalem.com we have group consultation calls one-on-one and other programs to assist you it will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business join us at the next level visit christophersalem.com
1: this is the voice america influencers channel be inspired
0: You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well,
1: welcome back. Uh, if you're just joining us again, we're talking about uh, the, the name of our show today is 62nd Resilience. So, we're focusing on resilience, but in the first part of our show, we were talking about mindfulness and le- the art of being present and why that plays such an important role when it comes to resilience, that because so many people spend most of their waking hours in the past and the future operating from limited beliefs and don't realize the impact that it has on their day-to-day lives in terms of behavior, communication, how they lead, how they take risk or don't take risk, and so forth. So again, uh, we're here with Mike Lee, who is an expert in this area. And Mike, when we when we look at, you know, resilience, you know, we talked about a little bit earlier, you know, the ability to bounce back from a challenge, setback, or trauma. And, you know, people can bounce back at different levels or time, and so to speak. But you have a thing called the 60-second resilience Let's get into that. Let's talk about the solution and how people can rebound and then really to be to being present to really allow that to happen and, and using mindfulness in a productive, efficient manner.
2: Yeah, I think the first thing that, you know, there's five steps that are included in this, but I, I want to take a step back and kind of share a story first before sure. uh, we get, get into it. Um. I think the foundational belief that you need to adopt in order to be, be able to be as resilient as you possibly can be is the belief that you are not your work. And in, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are entrepreneurs that are listening to this show, that are high performing uh, people in C-suite positions, and across the board, and. No matter what you do, all of us tie a certain level of our our self-worth and our identity up into what we do. And what I realized when I started a meditation practice was I wasn't actually chasing all these things that I thought I was going after, whether it was, you know, working with, and at first, my time in the basketball world, I was just chasing all these external things from working Nike skills academies. And I did that and working with NBA players. And I did that and working with division one players. And I did that. And it just, I realized that every time I got to another level with the type of clientele that I was working with, it never really made me feel fulfilled. And what I realized is that we're not chasing, we're really not chasing those external things. What we're chasing is how we think that they're going to make us feel when we achieve them and at the root at the end of the day every single thing that we are chasing is to feel fulfilled to feel happy to feel at peace with with the work that we're doing with who we are becoming and so where i'm going with that is back in 2011 steph curry flew me out to charlotte to be assistant director for his skills academy and it was one of the first skills academies that he had run. It was for a lot of the top high school, college players uh, on the East Coast. And over the course of a few years, I got to know Steph when he came to, when I used to live in Milwaukee, uh, I used to go watch the pregame workouts. And uh, in the NBA, the players don't really practice during the season. They pretty much are, uh, they go through a lot of in- their individual workouts, during the season prior to games where they'll work on their individual skills. And that's what I did in the basketball world. So I wanted to go and learn and, and watch the NBA guys go through the workouts. Well, on this one day, I brought, I brought a player that I was working with. He was a kid. He was in eighth grade to the game early to watch Steph go through his workout. And we walked in through the player's entrance and down the tunnel and took a seat on the bench, which would be the, the team bench for the game right next on the court side. And Steph came over, he said hi, and he ended up sitting down and talking to this kid for 15 to 20 minutes before the game. And he asked him questions about school. He asked him questions about his family. He asked him questions about things that that he enjoyed outside of basketball, his family. And what I realized then after observing Steph and, and seeing him go from, being injured and maybe not even being able to survive in the league to being able to, to being one of the most recognized basketball players we've ever had it in the game is that these are the ways that Steph defines success for himself. And because of that, whether Steph goes one for ten from the three point line or nine for ten from the three point line, he walks off the court feeling the same way about himself because he he's able to find that that. Quote unquote success in other areas of his life, and it's not all caught up in basketball. To me, this is what gives him the ability to play with the freedom and play with the joy and play with the creativity that we all wish we had more of in our lives because he doesn't define his performance by or doesn't define his self worth by his performance out on the court. And so I think, in, again, in some way, shape, or form, or all time, our our self worth, our identity up into what we achieve externally in our professional lives, or if you're what you achieve you know, for your kids as a parent. And when we can drop that, we can drop into the present moment more because we're not the pressure isn't coming from something uh, outside of us. And I think if you can dr- adopt that foundational belief that you are not your work, you are more, then that's going to give you it's going to free up so much mental space. For you to do your work with joy, do your work with creativity, uh, do your your work with a tremendous amount of of gratitude for just being able to be in the moment and do that work. So I think adopting that belief is foundational to developing resilience. Uh, I
1: think that was a
2: wonderful I mean, that story is incredible.
1: And I agree 100 percent. I mean, it sounds like what Steph, you know, what he like you said, his identity is not, you know, his, his game, you know, in itself, it it goes above and beyond that. And in the business world, it's not about what you do and what you, how you serve others. It goes above and beyond that comes back down to your values and beliefs. And I think, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, I mean, it sounds like Steph, what he was doing here is, you know, he's tying, you know, when he's out there, he's embracing the process. So he, whether if he has a good game or a bad game, He's still emotionally on that same level, right? He doesn't take it personally. I mean, maybe sometimes to some degree, but but you know, like people are human. But nonetheless, his his for exactly. the most part, his emotional level leads to desired results versus if he outcome itself and in those expectations. I always think there's a big difference between desired results versus the outcome expectation, and, and because the, the other actually get. Uh, Attached to that, and that's have that that and how you. I think that was like that story. From here, what? Oh, you know, using the story. Could you talk a little bit about the second results? You know, program
2: methodology. Yeah, uh, I'm actually. You're breaking up here, but I'm. I'm pretty sure that you just asked me for to go into the steps, going to the methodology. Yes. And the first yes. one, yeah. Okay, the first one is the first one is creating awareness. We kind of talked about this in the first section, for the first segment. Uh, without awareness, we can't make changes. Without changes, we can't improve. And and we, again, we talked about this in the first section, but so many of us are just running subconscious patterns that are running our lives and then we just call them our fate. When we uncover that, we can take more Control of the direction and the vision for our, our lives or our business or our careers, and when we when we do that, when we create that awareness, it allows us to to start to break these patterns yeah, that makes when sense. i i didn 't become aware of this really until uh, there were there were things that that I went through. <laughs> Uh, getting off of an antidepressant medication that I was on that was like getting off of heroin was that so many of these things came to life. And then I, I had, and with the meditation practice, I was able to operate with that higher level of awareness and then really start to go in and break some of these patterns with exercises like that limiting beliefs written exercise that I shared in the first segment.
1: Yeah. So that is, uh, I agree with, so, you know, what are some of the, what are some habits and disciplines that we can do to kind of, you know, overcome those limited beliefs? Like what are some of the things that you, you've done? I use meditation and journaling.
2: Yeah. Meditation is one of the top ones for me. Um, just being able to be, be comfortable in the moment and observe your thoughts. I mean, one, one thing is this is like, A common misconception about meditation or myth about meditation is that it's about trying to stop your thoughts when it's not really about that. What meditation is about is meditation is nothing more than an exercise to train your mind in attention and awareness. And when you start to meditate, you start to become more aware of your thoughts. And what you start to understand is that number one, just because you have a, a limiting thought doesn't mean that you have to put energy behind that and turn that into a limiting belief. And there's a huge difference between that. And when you create the awareness of it and can detach from it emotionally, that's when you can start to break that limiting belief or limit or limiting uh, pattern that you are running uh, in your life. Cause I, I think one thing is when, and I got this from, from, yeah I'm a huge Tony Robbins student, and one thing that he talks about is like basically we are our patterns, and I think that takes so much of the the shame around the shame or the guilt around a limiting belief that, that maybe we have, and it, it's really nothing more than a pattern that was caused usually from something from childhood, usually from something from ages. Zero to three, or even when you were still in the womb with your mom, um, that is causing those those feelings and those those beliefs that you have. And so, just because being able to create awareness of what you are actually thinking about, and being able to detach from that, and know that just because you're you're thinking it doesn't mean that you have to believe it and put energy behind it, is a super empowering strategy for somebody to apply in their life and I think that's great I mean yeah
1: I know meditation and journaling have done wonders for me I mean I I, I struggled with addiction in my 20s uh, due to the fact that it was a way to you know escape my limited beliefs and all the behaviors that were associated with that I experienced it through anger but it was a way to get me out of the problem and into the solution so I think yeah I think it's so so important depending upon what that is you know, to get you present. Um, So talk a little bit about, you know, know, and I know we might not have enough time to go through all the different things uh, on this leg of the show, but obviously the next leg we will, but let's talk a little bit about, you know, some of the the steps that you were talking about that that you want to explain here.
2: Yeah, so again, the first step is is awareness, creating that self-awareness. The second step that is that was really difficult for me was to practice non-resistance and Mm. all that means is to accept what is actually happening in the moment so that you can get clarity on it and then be able to take action. Take action that is going to create what you're trying to create, something that's in, in line with your values. Because so many of us, when things show up, we are, we're psychologically resisting them and whatever we resist persists. There's so many ways that we do this, whether we're, we're blaming others, we complain, we, uh, we get, we use our, our phones and social media as a distraction from whatever is happening in the moment. We can even do it with something that that's seemingly healthy like exercise or a spiritual practice that we're using as a way to resist what is actually happening in the moment. If a storm shows up in your life or your dreams are broken, using these things to resist what's actually happening is only going to energetically make that issue, make that challenge, persist more and build more energy and come back stronger. So being able to just accept what is happening in the moment is super powerful yeah it's so i will tell you that
1: and i remember going back 20 years ago how that was such a scary thing just to be present you know learn, i couldn't keep still you know i had yeah. you know i had all this energy and i constantly would have to go into the future or go into the not even sometimes realizing it but it's so true but but that is where obviously we 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 have the ability to confront those beliefs, those things that are holding us back, to know that we don't have to be defined and owned by them, and 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 it's and it is part of that process. That you know, that if we're going to operate in a, in a more effective way, we can't sugarcoat or put a band-aid on things. We have to be able to, you know, solve the problem or you know, do, you know, not just manage it. Would that
2: be correct? Yeah, no question. I mean, I, I think, kind of piggybacking on what you're saying, is like we're we're not. The thing is, is we don't necessarily resist the problem, the challenge, the setback, whatever shows up in our life. What we're resisting is the feeling that is associated with that. Mm. That's the, the thing that we have to be able to learn how to deal with is be able to be comfortable to be with our feelings in our bodies. And what neuroscience has shown is that from the time that we are triggered into a stress state and those chemicals get released, if we don't resist them it only takes 90 seconds for them to cycle through our body and to be flushed out of our nervous system when we resist them we create another feeling and that feeling creates a thought and that thought puts us right back into that stress state and then we continue to loop in that stress state we go from we get to caught up, we get caught up, up in it yeah feeling.
1: Let's continue. I want to talk about that when we come back. We got to go to break. But again, that is such a great point. I want to let's elaborate on that for the listeners. Again, you're listening to Mike Lee. We're talking about 60 second resilience, again, focused around mindfulness, uh, overcoming limited beliefs and so forth. And we will be right back after the break.
0: Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. This is
1: the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired.
0: You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now... Back to Sustainable Success.
1: Well, welcome back. Again, we're here with Mike Lee. We're talking about 60-second resilience. It's all around the concept of resilience. And again, while Mike has a lot of experience working with uh, sports athletes and so forth, that obviously this carries over into the business world in terms of uh, when we talk about resilience. So, Mike, we had left off right at the break. We were You were talking about the second step, but I wanted to make sure we were able to finish that because you were really pointing out some important information there. So let's start from there and and then move towards those other steps that you have as part of the 60-second resilience
2: yeah the second step that we were chatting about was the the step of non resistance and basically that is just being able to accept what is happening in the moment so you can get clarity on it and with the clarity then you can take action towards whatever you're trying to create mm. so now what would
1: be the next step from uh, you know with that non resistant from there so the next step
2: is just to surrender, you know, this is not about laying down your weapons or playing the victim role or anything like that. It's simply releasing your attachment for your need to be things a certain way. And for a lot of high achievers out there, I I know me growing up in the basketball world and being an athlete, when things weren't working, the only thing that you're supposed to do is to try it again and try it again and work harder and push through. And sometimes you'll get to a point when you're, when you're running up against so much resistance that you have to be able to just surrender and be able to be comfortable being in the moment and be comfortable letting go of, of that control. Because when you think about it, and I think everybody, a lot of people can relate to to this is that your, I best, your best ideas, they don't come from the analytical mind. They come from that place beyond your mind that you're not even consciously trying to create a solution from. That's why so many people get, you know, they get great ideas in the shower. Why? Cause they're not distracted by anything and being in the shower with the water is a place where, where people, have a better ability to just be present, allow their mind to settle and allow those, those ideas and solutions to come from beyond the mind. For me, uh, that happens a lot, not necessarily in meditation, but a lot in uh, working out, especially going for runs. Uh, I get, you know, I'll, I'll be stuck with something and I'll just go out for, let it go, go out for a run. And so many times the solution will come from that place that's beyond our analytical uh, our analytical mind.
1: Yeah, yeah. Surrender is. I mean, I tell you, that was a difficult one for me when I was going through my my own process that I that I use today with my clients. You know, tw- over twenty years ago, that was a difficult thing. You know, and to let go, it's so so tough. So, what would be the next no phase? Yeah. So what would be, and again, I'm sure you see that a lot in the, in the sports world when, you know, especially with basketball players, you know, dependent upon maybe there's certain things that they, they, they were able to do. And then maybe they have to modify because maybe they're not, you know, able to, to be able to do that at another level at this point, depending upon where they are. So yes. talk, talk a little bit about, you know, the next step, you know, what would be the next step in here?
2: The next step is something that a lot of people have a lot of resistance to, ironically, and that's forgiveness.
0: Mm, And
2: for me, I have a, I have a way easier time forgiving other people than I do forgiving myself. And I think forgiveness is, forgiveness is releasing yourself from the past. Forgiveness is releasing yourself from the guilt, from shame, from anger, from resentment, and it's also releasing you from the toxic uh, chemicals that are flooding your body when you're in one of those emotional states. And obviously, like we, you know, we've been talking about since the beginning of the show, if we're in the past in regret or guilt or shame or anger, we're not in the present moment, and that's the only place that we actually have to influence our future, to create what we want to create. So forgiveness is is simply releasing your attachment to something that happened in the past, whether that's something that you did or something that somebody did to you uh, in your office or uh, with, with your team that you're working with or something with your family. It's just being able to release yourself from that because ultimately forgiveness is not about the other person. Forgiveness is about yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. When when you talk
1: about that, and and you know, I know when when I've worked with people, and they said, yeah, I for you know, I forgave my father, I forgave my mother, or I forgave you know whoever, but when it came down to it, they were st- they had not forgiven themselves. They were still owning that you know that they weren't yeah. good enough, and and that so they were still carrying it around with them, and and that's such a hard thing to do. So. So when, when if somebody, let's say, that's listening that maybe perhaps has forgiven the source, you know, whoever that may be. Yeah, a lot of times I, f- I feel that it's something in their childhood, it's tied to a mother or father, uh, because that's yeah. where a lot of li- limited beliefs are, are formed. Talk about like if somebody felt like they've forg- they forgiven their mother or father or someone else, but are still stuck What are some things they could do to, you know, to forgive themselves, to really, truly let that go from themselves, about forgiving themselves?
2: Well, I think one thing to keep in mind is that we don't change on a level of thinking. We change on a level of emotion. So while you consciously might have forgiven them or forgiven yourself, unless you are tapping into that feeling of release with the forgiveness, that feeling of letting go with the forgiveness, you're not going to benefit from the, the practice of forgiveness It's about tapping into the feeling, not about doing it at a conscious level. That's the key with, with changing anything is to tap into that emotional level, that emotional state that's associated with, with the outcome that you're trying to create.
1: Mm. Mm, that's so powerful. Yeah. So key. And with forgiveness, I mean, I, obviously that forgiveness is where, when we're able to let go, we're able to move forward, you know, because otherwise we're stuck yeah. in our tracks and whether if we think we're moving forward, if we haven't truly forgiven the source in ourselves, we're still really stuck carrying that weight. Is there another step that kind of, you know, puts, you know, makes this all come together?
2: Yeah. So just to recap, it's self-awareness. It's the second step is non-resistance. Third step is surrender. Fourth step is forgiveness. And then you have to be able to stay future focused. If you don't have something, have a vision as to what you're going after, what you're trying to create, what you're trying to manifest, you're going to drop back into the past. And to me, lots of people talk about vision, but when I say future focused, I mean two things. I mean having a vision of what you want to create, but also combining that with a sense of optimism. And that's not about being positive and, and ignoring the stresses and the workplace conflict and the wars that we're having in our world. It's just choosing not to put your attention and your energy towards them so that you can put them into the present moment.
1: Yeah, that's so, like you said, if you don't have, now, when it comes to future thinking, like in this case, we got to have something to strive for. Otherwise, we're going to default right back to things in the past, and then we're going to get in our own way. What would be some ways to get people to focus on something, like to to visualize something, a goal or an objective that's important to them? what are some things they could do to to make sure they're, they're heading in, you know, in the present moment, because that's where it starts going forward. What would be some, what would be some, uh, some tips that you can leave for the listeners to, you know, to stay on that, on that pace towards what they're, what they're striving for.
2: Yeah, I got a couple of things. Uh, First is, is, since we're talking about resilience, how does this tie to resilience? And without, without a vision, Something that we want to create, we can't create the process. And without a process and focusing on that daily, we can't make progress. And to me, progress is the fuel of all resilience. If we can see that we are making a little bit of progress, moving the needle a little bit every single day in some way, shape, or form, that's going to fuel our energy to be more resilient. And that's why it's so important to have that vision. But going back to like tactical things, I, one thing that I, I like to tell people is or ask people to do is if somebody could create if you had a Hollywood production team that could, that could create a movie a 30 second movie, a two minute movie of what you want to create whether, whether that's the business that you want to build, the life that you want to create the relationships that you want to have if somebody could create a movie of what that looks like what would that be for you? What would it look like? Where would it be? What would it feel like to be in that moment when everything that you're trying to create has actually manifested and you are truly living in that future moment? And what are the feelings associated with living in that moment? And going back to what we were talking about before, it's about getting into that, the feeling of that moment, not because when you're in the feeling of it, you are there. There's no, your brain can't tell the difference between whether that's, physically in the future or if it's in the moment you're physically there it's and when you have when you just think about it there's a separation between what you want to create and what's actually existing in the moment when you are feeling it when you step into the the feeling associated with what you want to create with your vision you are going to be drawn to that and so it's that's one thing is, is think about what would a movie look like? What would a Hollywood production house movie look like of the vision that I want to create? And then the other thing is being able to go into, you know, we've talked about all show going into meditations with it, where you are visualizing that because every time you are visualizing that you're planting those seeds into your mind. And then you are going to be subconsciously taking action throughout your day in order to bring that vision to life. Mm. Mm, that's powerful. Some great great
1: information here. And that is so important. I mean, you know, and having specific goals like, you know, that, you know, it's something that's going to keep you present and moving forward towards the, you know, the desired results that you seek in the future. And I can't thank you enough, Mike, for, you know, sharing this these words of wisdom today because this is so helpful and so important and not only in what you, you know, you've done in in sports, and then also, you know, in businesses and organizations. But this applies to everything. I mean, everything in daily life, uh, your relationships, you know, it doesn't matter what career or business that you have. Uh, it's so important. So, Mike, I want to you know, let, no let the, the listeners know where can they find you, what you're up to, and where can they find you?
2: The two spots that I'm hanging out the most are LinkedIn and Instagram. Both of those are at uh, Who Is. Mike Lee. There's a million Mike Lees in the world, so that was the best thing that I could come up with. <laughs> um and also mindshiftlabs.com. If this show resonated with you, I'd love to come to your organization events and speak on resilience and show your people how to put these skills, strategies, and concepts into practice to help move the needle on your organization. Well, I can't thank you enough, Mike, for taking time out of your
1: morning to join us here on Sustainable Success. And guests, we've always, you know, you know, thank you for tuning in each and every week. And again, we promise, as always, to bring, you know, cutting edge uh, guests like Mike that have information that can really help you to apply it to make a difference in your business and personal lives and again we'll be back next Thursday at 12 noon east coast time 9 a.m pacific standard time and again if you just joined us at some point you know during halfway through the show please listen to this show in its entirety again valuable information here from Mike Lee it'll be uh, available later today on demand uh, on iTunes thank you Mike and thank you guests and we'll be back next
0: week have a great day everyone